Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. How many of you know we are always in relationships? Some we chose, some we didn't. Can't help who you're born to, is that right? And I believe that our ability to manage our relationships determines the course of our life. The word of God said, if God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, he gave somebody who he was related to so that he can get us back as family members. Tell somebody relationship matters. Relationship matters. I'm going to take you to a scripture, Psalm 133. It's going to be our core scripture that we're going to be reading for the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about relationships and we're going to broaden our definition of what relationships are people always want to go to get get thinking about boyfriend girlfriend husband wife yeah that's a type of relationship but you have relationships all around you amen and the quicker we realize that we'll realize that God has given us the gift of relationship so that we can advance our lives because I mean everything that everything is not in us God in his wisdom didn't put everything in us. He's, I'm going to give you a little bit, but I'm going to leave a portion out so you'll always depend on somebody else and you'll always depend on me. Amen? Amen. So I want you to turn with me to Psalm 133. This is our core scripture, and it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Somebody say together. In unity. You can dwell together. How many of you can live in a house with somebody and not be unified with it? God said, it is good and pleasant for brother to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard that went on to the skirts of his garments as the dew of harem and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. God desires that we be connected. Somebody say connected. Do your fingers like this. Or do like that, do like that, do like that, do like that. God desires us to be connected to things. And sometimes when you're connected to something, sometimes sparks fly. Come on. Sometimes there's a little friction. The only way you can stab me is if you're close to me. Huh? You can shoot me from far away, but the only way you stab me in the back, you got to be connected to me. Let me tell you something. Relationships are risky. Let, 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 let's, can, we're going to be real over the next couple of weeks. Tell us about the relationships are risky. But that's a risk we have to take in order to get what God has called us to. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. We're going to talk about relationships. And so this is a little bit of a preamble, but we have a sub, kind of a subtext um, that we're going to talk about. God has mandated relationships. He's called God the Father. He is related to us. We come from him. Amen? Amen. So it's important that we understand that if God is related to us, and the only way we are able to achieve and get things from God is that we be related to him. But God said, everything's not going to come from me. It's going to come sometimes from some people I've sent in your life. And if you don't learn the principle of how to relate to people, you will miss out on your next level. You will miss out. You will say, God bless me. God said, I'm trying to bless you, but you're unrelatable. It'll come around in a second. Some of us love God, but we don't like people. And as a result, 
We can be all in God's face. God, I love you, but we don't speak to our fellow man. We have a distrust for our fellow man. And as a result, God said, I can't bless you, but so much because I put healing in that person. And as soon as you connect that person, then you understand a deeper level of me. And so I need you to connect. I need you to take your walls down. I need you to take a risk. I need you to be vulnerable. I need you, but God, the last time somebody hurt me, I understand that. That doesn't make anything wrong with the principal relationship. That was just the wrong booger you hooked up with. And so what we do, we write off institutions. We write off principles because we hooked up with somebody that damaged our view. It damaged our ability to receive. Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter and 11 verse says this. Again, if two lie, lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone or by himself? When you are by yourself, you are the most vulnerable. You're afraid what happens if you're with somebody, if you connect with somebody. But you're most in danger when you're by yourself. Anybody ever seen National Geographic? All little antelope all together. And all of a sudden, you see, some, see one of them run off? It's because somebody done seen a cheetah on his way. Say, I'm going to run first and we'll ask what you was running from later. But the cheetah ends up getting the one that, that, that lagged behind. What am I saying? There is safety in the gathering and being together. As long as, long as we're all together, the cheetah can't focus in on one of us. But if we get separated from the pack, we are the most vulnerable if we're out there being a lone ranger. Test about there is protection. We talked about it last, uh, a couple year, a year ago last that there's protection in the cluster. That new wine is found in the cluster. One grape can't make wine, but a cluster of grapes can. And we want to be new wine for the Father. Word of God says that a three-stranded cord. It's not easily broken. If I, got, if, I got, if I got one string, I put enough strength on it. But it is something about my strength and your strength and my strength and your strength. And when, they're, and when they're tied together, I may have the weaknesses, but where I'm weak, you're strong. So by myself, I can't do it. But together, if we link up together, one of the amazing things. Anybody ever seen the uh, sequoia trees out in, out in California? They, they're like some of the, 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 the tallest trees in the world. They're so big, they're so big that uh, one time somebody uh, tunneled through one of the trees that you could actually drive like a big truck through the middle of the trunk of the tree. Tell me somebody, that's a big tree. They reach almost 200 feet high. Yet and still, here's the, here's the beauty of it, y'all. Their roots only go down about 10 feet. This is amazing. We all know from building skyscrapers that the further you build down, the further you can go up, right? So if you want to build a, a, a 200-feet a 200, uh, skyscraper, then you at least got to go down about 100, 150 feet in order to support how high you want to go up. So how is it something with, 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 with roots so shallow can go so high? I'm glad you asked. The reason sequoia trees never grow alone listen to that they never grow alone they always grow in a cluster of trees and what they do is the 10 feet of your roots and the 10 feet of your roots they end up tying together and under the ground where nobody can see it how many know the real you is the one nobody sees the real you that nobody sees is under the, the roots of the sequoia trees. They grow together in packs of at least 50. And all of, the, all of them, their roots end up finding each other. And they realize that even trees know that we can reach our fullest potential if we grow together. 
that when the wind blows, we may sway, we may bend a little bit, but we won't break. Why? Because I'm connected to you. I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you. I'm depending on your prayers. I'm depending on your encouragement. I'm depending on you being transparent and telling your testimony and not acting like you were born in the, in the lap of Jesus and that you woke up with it all together. Tell somebody, I need you. We need each other. If we can learn from the sequoia tree that the only way I'm going to reach my full potential is if I'm connected by the roots with somebody else. Is this blessing somebody today? Tell somebody, get connected. Jesus said in in Genesis, the second chapter, he said, it is not good that man should be alone. And that's not talking about marriage, justified just because you hot to try and you want somebody. It's not good for man to be alone. We were made to be in community with each other. We were made to connect with each other. We were made to have relationship. Now, let's talk about what the devil has done. The Amplifier says this, and the Lord said, it is not good. Let's put our hands together for the candidates. They come back, y'all. Amen, amen. Come on, come on, y'all encourage them. We're so happy, we're so proud. We, you have an opportunity at the end of service, amen, to congratulate them. But the Amplified says this, Now the Lord said, it is not good nor beneficial for man to be alone. I will make him a helper who balances him, who is a counterpart, the counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him. God has some people that are destined for your life that are suitable. Somebody say suitable. And complimentary. That means that doesn't mean that you go out, will you be my friend? Will you be my friend? Will you be connected with me? No, 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 no. That's somebody who's desperate. That's somebody who's thirsty to be accepted. But God has some, 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 some predestined people for your life that will be suitable and complimentary. Somebody say, Lord, send me relationships that are suitable and complimentary to the call that you have on my life. I tell you, if you pray that with earnest, and if you say that every day, you will find some people start to fade away, and some people start, some people start being attracted to you. God, I need somebody that's suitable. Need flaky people around me. I need people that understand me. I need other people that understand my ways and my proclivities. I need people that understand they're going to encourage me. That can sense something is wrong with you. I've been praying for you. Tell somebody I need somebody suitable. I need somebody suitable and complimentary to where God has called me to be. Let me tell you, if if, if God created the institution of relationships. How many of y'all know that anything that God establishes in love, the devil hates? I'm I'm, I'm going to show you in scripture right here. In the Garden of Eden, God had created Adam and Eve. He created a garden for them. They were in right fellowship with God. And the enemy showed up in the form of a serpent. He came to Eve first. Y'all know the story. He said, you know, you know, you ain't going to die if you, if you eat of this fruit. God just don't want you to be like him and know everything. Ain't that how the devil does? He'll twist what God is saying. He'll acknowledge this is what God said, but this is what he really meant. But God gave you the word. He twisted it, and they ended up disobeying God. And that disobedient broke relationship. Listen to me clearly. Disobedience broke relationship. The reason that some of you feel so far from God check your obedience media but can I tell you that the garden of Eden and them eating the fruit it was not about them eating fruit the devil wasn't after them just eat the fruit he wasn't after them to be disobedient the devil was after their relationship with God guess what because before that the devil got out of relationship with God because he tried to overthrow God in heaven. So he said, hey, this 
division thing works. So if I can create, and so he had created this man and he's in the likeness and the image of God. But guess what? If I can just, if I can just create a little bit of space between man and God through this obedience, then I can affect their relationship. And ever since Adam messed up, we have been struggling trying to get to a place that we were destined to be born in and function in. Somebody say relationship. Anything God establishes, the devil hates. And he wants to twist it. He wants to pervert it. He wants to destroy it. But today, the next couple minutes, I want to just talk about and focus in. That was just a preamble, just to talk about what we're going to be talking about globally over the next couple of weeks. But today, I'm talking about people that have an effect over you. People that have spoken in your life. I'm using it under the umbrella of daddy issues. Somebody say daddy issues. Anybody know anybody with daddy issues? Huh? Mama issues. Cousin issues. Grand uncle issues. Say issues. Daddy issues is an urban term which simply means that because of something that happened or didn't happen, either father was there or was not there, or when he was there, he abused you, or, 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 or something like that, that it, it has framed the way that you deal with the rest of the world because of something that happened decades ago. Somebody say daddy issues. And let me tell you at the beginning of this, I'm not here to bash men because daddy issues is emblematic of issues of people that had authority and influence over your life. That's what I'm glad somebody said mama issues and aunt issues and, and, and grandma issues because everybody doesn't grow up in, 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 a, in a nuclear family where there's a mother and a, fa- mother and a father and 2.3 kids and a dog and a picket fence. Everybody doesn't grow up like that, so we understand that. But what I'm saying is there are people, whether it was your father, whether it was your mother, whether it was your big mama, whoever it was, there were people in your rearing, in your coming up or in your young adulthood who you looked up to and whether it was formal or informal, they had influence over your life and they dropped you they damaged you and as a result it has shaped your whole view that I'll never trust again I'll never love again I'll never expose myself to that level because guess what my first introduction to somebody who was supposed to love me somebody abused me and I ain't talking about just touching on you or hitting on you Abuse means abnormal use. God created you for this, but they treated you like that. Anybody ever been there? Come on, y'all. We're going to be transparent today. Oh, we can't be honest in church. What can we be honest with? Somebody say abuse. Abuse is not always a black eye. Abuse is not always somebody fondling on a private area. That's, that's, those are forms of abuse. But how many know you're going to be abused and a mark not be on you? Can the church say Amen abnormal use. Did somebody use you? Somebody funneled you? Somebody directed you in in an area that was contrary to God's plan for your life? Many of us in this room are a victim of abnormal use. Abuse. And I want to talk about one of the greatest people in the Bible who suffered with daddy issues. Who's a person that was known as a person that that went down as a man after God's own heart. He was one of the greatest and most lauded and most praised people in the Bible. I'm talking about David. King David, the giant slayer. King David that, that tore a bear and a lion with his bare hands. The one that just killed a, killed a, lion with a, uh, killed, killed a giant with a slingshot. The person who was a man of war. Who the one, I'm talking about David, the one that ushered the, the Ark of the Covenant. The one that ushered. That, that, that we love to praise David. Uh, how he danced out of his clothes. I want to dance like David danced. And he was an excellent songwriter. And he was an excellent musician. He played the harp so, so good that Saul called him to get the evil spirits on him. David was a skilled. He was a talented person. But let me tell you something. God, 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 God fashioned. 
in us in such a way that some of us, the most, the, the, the most talented of us, the most brilliant of us, the one that has the most skill and can wake up in the middle of the night and do things, most of us, it comes at a cost. God has so much humor. How many of y'all know the people, people that are brilliant? God won't give it all, God won't give them everything. They can figure out quantum physics, but don't know how to go across the street and order a hamburger. Yeah, y'all ever see people like that? I mean, smart, but ain't got the common sense to walk through a puddle. <laughs> Anybody ever see it? I ain't gonna ask you to raise your hand. If you don't know nobody like that, it might be you. Amen. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, God will always give somebody balance. God's never going to give us everything or we'll begin to think that we're God. That's right. That's right, God. And, and, and some people, they're, they're really gifted with their hands and they're really talented, but they're not organized. You, see, you ever seen people like that? Like, man, you got great talent, but you don't have good administration skills. Or if you got good administration skills, but you're not a creative thinker. God gave us a little bit of this and he gave you, you a little bit of that so we would depend on each other. And we would depend on him. But David was such a person. Here in 1 Samuel 16, we're going to talk, look at, we're going to look at the place where the rejection of David started to impact his whole life. 1 Samuel 16, it says, and when they arrived, Samuel, who was the prophet, he came to town because God told him that there is, there is a king in this town and I need you to go to the house of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David and his other brothers and he went to the house and when he arrived, he saw Eliab, which was David's older brother, and he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed that stands before me. You know why? Because Eliab looked the part. He looked like a person from Central Cast, and he, he had all the muscles in the right place, and he looked, and his hair was swayed the right way, and he looked like when he stood in the room, he was nice and muscular, had a good physique. He looked like a king. His outward appearance looked good. Can I tell you, we in church, we know how to look good. Part of it is through the struggle that we've been through. That I'll be going through, but you never know it. I could be hungry, but you never know it. I may have slept on, on, on a cot last night, but my hair gonna be looking good. My face gonna be beat. Come on, y'all. Don't act like I'm just talking stuff. I could be doing real bad, but you would never know it. But, 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 look, but look at what God's response. But the Lord said to Aaron, uh, uh, Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Sometimes people with the, with, with the nicest shoes and the prettiest earrings and the longest car, they're trying to cover up something. Because at night, they're a little boy and a little girl and they're crying and they feel inadequate and they feel unworthy. But God looks at the heart. Somebody say, God looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, his other brother, and he had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then sent Shema to pass by, and Samuel said, no, has the Lord chosen this one. Then Je Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said this to all of them. The Lord has not chosen these. So then Jesse asked, are these all your sons? Because I know the Lord said there was somebody in your house. There's got to be somebody else. And look at what, look at what his daddy said. There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. And so he sent him, and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health and was fine in appearance and handsome in features. And then the Lord says, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Now, preachers love to preach that. The one on the backside of the mountain and the one that, that, is, that is neglected and blah, blah, blah. But I want you to look at it from another lens. Think about it. His daddy didn't even count him worthy enough to be a king. Oh, that's my little, little scrawny son. I mean, he ain't good for nothing but picking fleas out of sheep. He ain't king material. 
He didn't even think. Uh, think about the faithfulness that nobody was, nobody was noticing what David was doing. He didn't do it to be noticed. He did it to be faithful. But I want you to understand that this is the moment where David started developing daddy issues. That you were the one that were least counted. You saw other people get picked ahead of you. You saw other people get favored. When you say, like, I don't want nothing from you. All I want to do is just, just be faithful. All I want to do is just be a good son. All I want to do is be a good employee. All I want to do is be a good member of this auxiliary. Whatever it is, and you looked over. This is the point where David started developing daddy issues. Later on in the chapter, right before he killed Goliath. Everybody likes to jump to him killing the giant, but the fact of the matter is, David was being a DoorDash driver and was delivering food to his brothers. He wasn't even counted worthy to fight. His brothers were in the army and they were fighting on the front line, and his daddy sent him to be an errand boy. Look at him, abuse. And this was after he was anointed. This is after Samuel said, this is the one that's going to be king. His dad said, okay, well and good. You still need to go serve your brothers. There are people in this room that God, God has put his stamp on you. And you're looking for people to recognize God in you. Would you look at me? Would you look at me? God's anointed me. You see how I sing? You see how I pray? You see how this? You see my testimony? And no one will look at you. I want you to know God sees you. If nobody else sees you. God is in love with you. If nobody else is in love with you. God thinks you are the greatest thing since sliced bread. If nobody else recognizes it. And at your appointed time, they will know. But David was rejected. Somebody say he was rejected again. And what this did, this created a longing in David. And so you see David go through ups and downs. You see him needing to be accepted. He, you see him needing to be an overachiever and, and needing to kill armies. And, and he ended up killing people he didn't need to kill because I got to show him that I'm David. And what he was, he wasn't trying to show the enemies. He, what he was trying to do is show it. He was going back to his childhood and he was trying to show his daddy, look, I am worthy. Look, I am the king. Look, I did bring the, the anointing back to the household. Look, look at what I did. His daddy may be dead and gone. He said, that's crazy why would he be trying to prove something to his daddy that his daddy ain't even there to see you'd be surprised that we are trying to live our lives for people who are six feet under pushing up daisies trying to trying to prove them wrong and they not even here to see it people still controlling you from the grave people are still a puppet master and they go they out of your life. You ain't heard from them in years and they still got strings attached to you. God said those are daddy issues and you got to deal with it. And so my question to you is in the next couple of minutes and I'm going to give you opportunity to respond to the word. How many know we all got daddy issues? Whether it was from daddy. Come on, raise your hand. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Somebody said, I'm ready both my hands and my feet. <laughs> we all got daddy issues. It may not be from daddy, but it was somebody you had your trust and your reliance in. They dropped you. They made some promises to you. It didn't happen. It didn't come to fruition. And then all of a sudden, you start building a callus. You know, if you, if you keep doing something, you go out there shoveling every day, your hands will get hard as a protection mechanism. So that you can keep doing what you're doing. Guess what? That same thing will happen to your heart. That same thing will happen to your heart. If you keep getting disappointed, if people keep getting lying to you, if people get, keep, keep hurting you and keep letting you down, evidently, uh, eventually your heart, your heart will, will develop a crest around it. It will get callous and you'll stop loving people. You'll stop believing and trusting in relationships. You'll stop, you'll stop being transparent in front of other people. You say, I got this. Rather than trust and be hurt, I, I walk this walk alone. And guess what? And the devil has won because he said, if I can get you to stop rust, trusting in relationships, if I can get you callous, if I can get you affected by those daddy issues then all of a sudden you lock off your ability to go to the highest place God has called you to be aren't you thankful for God's revelation of what the devil is trying to do so my question to you people of God is how do you cope 
with scars from those that, that had influence over you. Let me tell you something. You got scar tissue. I got scar tissue right here, and I had surgery. It's a notice. It's, 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 it's something that says, you know, somebody, the, the body was violated, it was cut open, and the, that was the body's response. Somebody say scar tissue. If you be honest, you got some scar tissue. Where you were hurt, you were wounded, and your, and, and your, soul's, de- your soul's defense. See you know what I mean? Like, you know, your soul has almost like an immune system, just like your body does. And if you lean to your own understanding, you will block off people trying to protect yourself. And it's well-meaning, but how many know we should not lean to our own understanding? All I wish we should acknowledge and let him direct our path. And so I'm going to talk about three ways that we, three ways that we de- develop workarounds. And there are other ways, but I want to mention those in this room. And it's going to hit some people. Don't say, ouch, don't, don't tell your business. But, but what I'm saying is these are one of the three ways that we deal with daddy issues. Rather than dealing with it, how many know we good for rigging some stuff? Y'all know we good for rigging some stuff. Creating a workaround. Somebody say a workaround. Rather than fix something, we'll get some twist ties and we'll get some duct tape, get some Gorilla Glue. Thing be like that, but it, but it, it worked. And what we'll end up doing, we'll settle on something working but dysfunctional. I'm in the marriage. I'm married. Some people didn't make it this far. Yeah, but it's dysfunctional. Can't wait to get these children out this house, but it's dysfunctional. I come, to, I come to church every week and I pay my tithes and this. Yeah, but you're dysfunctional. You're not working the way God designed you to. And, and I, my challenge to you today is that we don't settle for working dysfunctionally when God has a plan that we work perfectly yes. how he designed us to work. Somebody say daddy issues. The first person is the overcompensator and the overachiever. Somebody say overcompensator and overachiever. Overcompensators, these people that have been damaged in their youth and, 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 or, or, or whatever it is, even in their young adulthood. And these people are perfectionists. Everything's got to be right. I got to stay this long because I got to do this. Come on, just, just nod your head. Just nod your head. This nod your head. This nod your head. These people are the perfectionists. These are the people that live in a state of constant comparison. Well, I needed to be like this. Oh, they doing this? Well, I got to do it like this. What about me? What about me? Because I want to stand out. I can't, it, it's no, it, it, and, I'm, and don't get me wrong. There's a difference between having a spirit of excellence and overcompensating. What you're trying to do, if you see me shining over here, just perhaps you won't see me bleeding and oozing over here. Woo. Overcompensate. Oh, they're good. They're functional. Those are the people you can rely on. Those are the people. But, but, but these people also, these are people that are never satisfied. There, 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 there was a sense that I've got to do more. I could have done more. It could have been better. Why wasn't it like this? They won't even acknowledge a win. They won't even acknowledge something. You know what? God, I thank you for this. They're always looking at what's wrong and what I didn't do. And they almost work themselves into a place of depression because it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Their success ends up becoming self-centered. They can be, they can be part of a team, but because it, didn't, it wasn't like I wanted to, I'm not going to high-five with everybody. I'm not going to celebrate it because, because success becomes a reflection of me. But you're part of a team. So even if it didn't meet your standards, can you celebrate the ones that, 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 it, that it was momentous for them? Somebody say overcompensate. The, the overcompensator... They live in constant fear of never being good enough. These are the people that are usually your, your elite athletes. People who are, hit, are, are, are that's got enormous drive. They end up being CEOs. And they just say, how is it you can reach all these heights and you can be this disciplined to do all this stuff and then you end up having a drug problem or you end up having some other problem. It's because they were trying to overcompensate. They were strengthening their strengths instead of dealing with their weakness. And it was all because of daddy issues. Somebody say number two. 
Number two is, no, 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 number two is the Savior, or just a play on words, or the Avenger. Everybody seen Avengers yet? Avenger, the Savior, or the Avenger is the person that's always going to be there. Thank you. The Savior or the Avenger is the person that's always going to swoop in, that's always going to save the day, that's always involved in everything, is the one that everybody calls, is the one that always needs to be needed, is the one that, that's, that stand there, is the one that people end up taking advantage of because I've got to be there. If I'm not there, I'm the glue of the family. If, if You're the one that everybody's calling to every skirmish with somebody's boyfriend. You're the one that everybody's calling to come to the emergency room. You're the one that everybody's calling to pick up my children because they sick and they got a fever. Somebody say the Savior. That stems from being from having daddy issue. That stems from it's somewhere in your life somebody didn't need you the way you thought you wanted you needed to be needed. I said, so, you know what? When I grow up and I get grown, I'm gonna, I ain't going to never let my children do, with it, do this. I ain't going to never gonna let them do this. I'm not going to let them have the, have the past that I did. And so they never going to want for anything. And I'm going to be there for them. And I, every time they scrape their knee, I'm going to be there. And all of a sudden, what ends up happening, your children grow up and, they, and you end up raising grown children instead of grown people. And so what so ends up happening, they always going to need mama. And they always going to need dad, daddy. And so all what you're doing, you end up living vicariously through them. And you create them to constantly need you because you need to be needed. I'm preaching if y'all don't say amen. And so you have a savior complex. You're the one trying to catch everybody from their fall. And if you pay attention, you're saving everybody else. But if you look in your life, you're losing yourself. Your, yourself, yourself is unraveling. The people that are closest to you, they start, they, they, they start developing a disdain. And they start to almost hate you because you're going out trying to be a savior for the world. But you won't even give the love and the attention and the sacrifice to the people that God has, 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 has put in your life to impact. your children end up growing up that you were never there for me oh you was a wonder to the world you was running out there staying late at work you were doing that but I, when I needed you you were not there the real people that needed you you, you you weren't there you weren't there for and God said it is a need to be needed and it stems from your daddy issues the devil don't care oh it seems like good oh I'm doing good things around here and I'm doing this and you say you you seem you feel like you're doing the Lord's work but you're really doing busy work instead of what God called you to do and God said this is what happened to the Savior and the Avenger you overcommit you are easily manipulated oh you're easily manipulated because people know that you need to be needed and so what they'll do, they'll, they, they, they won't call you for a day or two. What's wrong? Did I do something? Did I do something? And all of a sudden, they start pulling strings like a puppet master on you. And the people that don't want nothing, don't want to change, that are just leeches and want to leech off to you, they, they know what buttons to push to get you to show up at the door. Oh, my God. Because they realize you need to be needed. And so I'll give you the stuff that I don't want to do. I'll go off here and do this. I'll spend my own money on my wants and I'll come to you with my needs. Because they realize you have an insatiable need to be needed. God, I'm preaching today. Somebody say daddy issues. The last thing that the Savior is they are a drama magnet. <laughs> drama just swarms around you like flies around garbage. And you wonder why you're so tired. And you wonder why, whoo, I can't, I can't, I ain't never got no money. Yeah, because you're giving it all away. I ain't never got no sleep and no peace because you're giving it all away. And I'm not saying we shouldn't care about people. And I'm, I'm not saying that the strong shouldn't bear the infirmities of the weak. I understand all that. But everything that you got your hands to, God didn't tell you to be there. 
It was your fear of disappointment. It was your fear of people being, I don't want them to be upset with me. So I'm going to know if you upset with me because I took care of myself. You need to take that up with God. Because let me tell you something. They will wear you out like a mule. You will be laying out across here. They will shed some tears. They will eat chicken. They will look at your picture. They will dry their eyes. And they will find somebody else to use. And you tell them PT said that. They will move on to the next thing to you. And you think the world won't spin around you. Close your eyes and see. It's been spinning before you got here. It'll be spinning after you leave. Oh, God. Y'all don't, y'all don't want to hear this today. The last one. I'm just about finished. Is the defender. Somebody say the defender. The defender. This is the one that's been hurt so many times, they will never hurt me like that again. If, it, if I sniff the scent of somebody about to betray me, I'll stab them first. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll knock them out cold before I let you lay a hand on me. I will, it, it, come on, come on, let's tell the truth. I'll cut you. If, if, I, if, if, ooh, ooh, if my spidey sins pick up, if, if my spidey sins pick up, you about to do something to me, I will cut you and slit your throat and won't even look to see where you landed. That's resonate with somebody in this room. Oh, never again. You won't hurt me like that. No, sir. Let me tell you, let me tell you, that's a daddy issue. That's a daddy issue. Well, that's just my way. No, 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 that's a daddy issue. And it is closing you off from relationships. I'm not saying every, the devil will send people, but that's when God said, gave us the Holy Spirit to be a warner, a leader, a teacher, and a guider to let us know, no, that's not the one you need to hook up with. See, we've been leaning to our own understanding. We've been leaning to our own feelings. We've been looking at, at how wavy their hair is and how curvy their hips are and, and how much money, how many connections they appear to have. And we are ignoring the signs and your spirit and your conscience and the Holy Spirit say, warning, warning, warning. And we ignore the warning because we got a lust. The word of God says that we are driven away by our own lust. We ain't driven away. Can't nobody pluck us out of God's hand. We are driven. To, the devil wets your appetite. He comes to you with something you like. Come on, y'all. Somebody say defender. The defender is on the look for the next offense. Like radar. Just looking. Uh, who who going to say something to me today? What you mean by that? I just said hello. Well, the way you said hello. Oh, how I got to say it? I got to come in the room like Barney. Hey, I mean, really. They looking for the next offense. They, 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 they not satisfied. They're not understanding. They don't, give, they don't give grace to other people. But won't everybody understand? But well, it's just her way. She, you know, he's he, he just sensitive like that. No! But you won't get the same grace that you want grace from other people. Because you're a defender. Hypersensitive. Overly critical. Anybody know people like that? Can't find good in nothing. Ooh, yeah, you, you, see, you see the new house I got? Well, girl, have you, have you, have you checked with Duke Power to see how much the energy is there? <laughs> like, dog, can't you celebrate with me, woman? Girl, I, I heard that area around there. You know, they got a lot of mosquitoes. Like, who? Like, who? <laughs> can't find nothing positive. They are overly critical. Somebody say overly critical. They are constantly skeptical of their relationships and those of others. Something about her, I just don't like, girl. In, in, in my shana, nah, I just, I just feel it. You know, I just, I just, I just feel it. Something ain't right. Something don't bear, you know. Because they miserable, they don't want you to have nobody. And they afraid that if you hook up with somebody else, you're going to pull them away from me. Well, look, the, the more of us, look, 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 we, we, need to, we need to be like the sequoia trees. If God's ever called somebody to your life, that means we're going to be stronger together. Oh, y'all, let me let y'all go. 
And a defender will often sabotage relationships when they sense a loss of control. They'll say, you know what? This happened, this plan out just like I thought it was. So I'm just going to blow the whole thing up. Rather than being a man and a woman and sit down and say, look, something ain't feeling right between us. We okay? See, the Bible, see, the Bible gives a, see, the Bible gives a prescription for everything in life. The Word of God said, if you have an art against a brother or sister, sit down and reason with them. But we know how to be hunky-dory and, and be three-legged waist and, and walk it all together, but we don't know how to disagree. We don't know how to reason things out. Everybody stand to your feet. This is the last thing I want to share with you. Somebody say daddy issues. This is the last thing I want to share with you. I believe that when we're born, we're not born with all these issues. Somebody say issues. But what I do believe, this is how life will do. Be one disappointment. Mama let you down. Husband left you. Your boss promised you a promotion. You didn't get it. And what ends up happening? The purity of our spirit. I do it with my finger. What ends up happening is all this stuff gets blended in your spirit. Y'all see that? And the purity of who you were. Let me tell you something. Babies are born trusting. They were pure and clear just like this water. But you know what happens? After being abused, after being disappointed, after being let down a time or two, I trust her. Tell us about you've got to trust her. Your truster gets contaminated. Let me tell you something. If the devil can't destroy you, he will contaminate you. He said, if I contaminate you, you'll destroy yourself. Can anybody, test, anybody testify that you started out with a trusting spirit? And life's issues and people tainted you. Tell somebody, that's me. Tell somebody, that's me in the glass. That's me in the glass. That's me in the glass. Come on, come on. We can be honest here. What can we be honest with? That I used to love. I used to trust. I used to believe in relationships. And guess what? Not only has it affected our ability to trust people, it's affected our ability to trust God. God, don't get my hopes up. I know what the preacher was talking about, but I don't want to get my hopes up because if I get my hopes up, if I don't get my hopes up, I can't fall down and be disappointed. But let me tell you something. Out of all, here's what we need. The word of God says that we should be washed and cleansed with the water of the word. And this is where we stop. We get filled with the Spirit of God. But we're filled and we're asking God to share space with contamination. But I'm telling you, God said, if you would just keep pouring, if you would just keep seeking me, if you would just let all those hurts go, if you would let all the disappointment go, the water which represents the spirit of God. Look at it, look at it, y'all. Look at it. The more we, the more we seek after God. Tell somebody, keep, tell somebody, just keep pouring. 
If you just keep pouring, this is what will happen. Eventually. See, we're we so used to God doing things instantly. But if we just keep after the spirit of God. If we just keep praying. If we just keep fasting. If we just keep trusting. If we just keep, if we just keep saying, God, I'm not going to let what happened to me define me. I'm not going to let what they did. I'm not going to let it sour my spirit. I'm not letting go. I'm not going to let it trust me. I'm going to keep pouring. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep delivering. I know it hurt, but it cannot stop me. If I don't let it, eventually. The thing that was contaminated. God can get you back to your clean self. God can get you back to where you can love again. God can get you back to where you can trust again. God can get you back to the place where you can, you can, you can say, you know what? I, everything is not in me. I'm not, I'm going to stop being a savior for everybody. Tell somebody you can love again. You can trust again. God can make you a clean vessel, but you're not going to get it through a self-help book. You're not going to get it through a young event. You're not going to get it through reading, through reading Oprah's next, latest book. You're not going to get it through reading Michelle Obama's latest book. Only the Spirit of God can cleanse you and make you whole. I don't know why you were the Savior. I don't know if you were the defender. I don't know if you are other things. But God said today, before we can learn to love other people, we got to learn to love ourselves. Hold somebody's hand, look them in the face. And tell them, you are worth loving. Climb over the daddy issues. Tell somebody, you can be clean. We can be saved and still be dirty. We can follow all the statutes. We can follow all the commandments in the book and still be contaminated. Saved for 50 years and still contaminated. People haunting you from the grave. People say you never be nothing. And you have to prove people wrong that ain't even breathing no more. Oh my God. Tell somebody you got daddy issues. They say, so do I. Say, but today, God can get rid of your daddy issues. Come on, hug somebody behind you. Tell them you can get over it. Come on, come on, come on. Hug somebody. You can get over it. You can get over it. You can get over the daddy issues. You can get, you can get over it. 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 Tell somebody, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. It hurt me to my core, but I'm not going to let it stop me from my future. It's a part of my past, and anything that I can get over that's part of my past becomes a testimony that when I came in contact with Jesus, all of that became a race. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world. <laughs>